birds are singing by my window. They're dancing with stars. Thanks for joining us at KVCR for KVCR. It's arts and entertainment as well as the people and places providing it. I'm David Fleming. In conversation now with Rocky Peter. First of all, Rocky, thank you so much for joining us here at KVCR. This is really cool. This would be a good day. This would be a good day. Thank you, David. I really appreciate you. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you. Shout out to the mm -hmm. awesome person that introduced me to you, Shireen. You have a concert coming up. This is going to be, I believe, August 20th. And we'll talk about your music after a while. But first, I have to get you to share your personal story because it's rather incredible. But yours starts when you were two. Thank you. I have a very, very long story of overcoming obstacles and persevering through life. Maybe I'll start with a synopsis of my story through poetry, if that's okay. Sure, yeah. So, this is my story, not for my glory. Aspire to inspire is the reason why I do this. I was born in America, but abandoned in Africa. When I was two years old, mom and dad hit the road. Though my older brother died, I found a way to stride. I grew up in the streets, digging trash for food to eat. Life was crude, I was nude, hiding pain in happy mood was my coping attitude as I traced my latitude. When I was five years old, I was wise with my eyes. I was leaping like the frogs and avoiding dealing drugs, escaping thugs, malaria bugs started to take my life but I was strong. Strong in my song, when I was eight years old, I was a slave. For six years, I was a slave. Thank God I'm not in grave. Singing songs every day somehow took the pain away. If you feel some kind of way and it hurts to the bone, lose yourself in my song. Here with you, you're not alone. At the age of 14, that was when I ran away. And my music paved the way through the darkest night and day when I would wish for water and daily bread and border. Climbing high a mountain to find the water fountain. At the age of 15, I was digging trenches, shovels cutting through my skin. Used to wish for stitches, scars deep in inches from blood sucking leeches. It's just another day, on the job I'll be okay. I seal my wound with sand and clay and carry on for today. Don't carry me on stretches, I'm throwing counter punches. Graduated college, thought I had the knowledge to live the American dream, but I found myself homeless, picking water bottles, fighting old battles, singing songs in the streets. People jive to my beats, paid my dues in the streets. Now it's time for me to eat. If you ever had a dream and you're tired of blowing steam, lose yourself in my song. Here with you, you're not alone. There's no way I was expecting anything like that. You touched on most of what I read in your bio, so we have to get a little bit more on this. You were born in America. I but, was, yes. So how did you come to be abandoned at the age of two in Nigeria? My father didn't completely get along with my mom. They're both Africans. And my father was an architect before he came to America. He was an architect. And his father was the Igbo king of Bida in Nigeria. So his father did very well, graduated from Oxford University in England. And my father decided to come to America. He sold his engineering company and came to America to establish himself. And somewhere along the line, he decides to go back, get married, bring his wife back. And they had us, but they didn't quite get along. 
my mother started developing mental illness and severe bipolar illness. Things just got worse. And when I was only two years old, my father took us back and left mm. us there and came ah. back. So he took us all back, me, my younger brother and my older brother and left us all there. And that's where my older brother died. And my younger brother and I stayed just a little bit with some family members, but we found ourselves most of our lives in the streets trying to survive. There were times we roamed the streets without shoes, clothes, no food for many days at a time. You know, we roamed the streets with the poorest kids in the society in Nigeria named the Almajiri kids. And as Almajiri kids, we didn't really beg for money. We just begged for food. Okay. So we would go to people eating or restaurants and would have plates and would beg for food. And that was part of our survival as kids. But it's a very long journey of just overcoming obstacles. That's just like a little bit. There's a whole lot more. We would be here all day if I really got into my story like that. I do want to touch on a couple of other things within that story. And this is something that people can find. Is it just simply RockyPeter.com? RockyPeter.com is my website. Okay. And from time to time, I share some of my stories and journey on my Instagram, which is I am Rocky Peter. And you mentioned I have a concert coming up earlier. Yes, yes. That is on August 20th. And I have other concerts as well in Riverside, California, October 15th. November 19th and December 17th. You could find all this information on eventbrite.com. If you just type my name, Rocky Peter, it's the black guy in suit. Not that you think I'm white, <laughs> you know, because the accent, I assume, gives it away. <laughs> but I assume that the name probably tricks you a little bit. You it know? may, it may indeed. If I were to give you my African name, you know, the whole lights would go off. Oh, but, yeah, let's uh, hear that like you did earlier. <laughs> I assume people assume that my name is something like this. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's uh, one of your cousins. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, you know, I speak quite a few languages and the languages I speak, the only times we click is when we celebrate. Like if you listen to my songs, Dirty Dancer and Be My Girl, okay. when you hear those something like that it sounds better in the song <laughs> i can't imagine you know those are like celebratory clicks that right. we do when a man meets woman Don't or like mean, when okay. people have babies you know that's how we celebrate we like a lot of old women gather and do those sounds rocky you mentioned in the poem that you started with that you were a slave yeah you know there are many types of slavery and there's the slavery where you go to africa like the history we've learned in america you get a bunch of slaves and you put them in chains and bring them over here. And then there is indentured servitude, forced right. labor, and being overworked, grossly underfed, and not getting paid and really being abused. That's what I went through as a kid. Long story short, I was introduced to one of my father's half-brother who used my younger brother and I for labor in farms mm. and working late hours all day every day and tilling the soil and planting through the rains through the dust wind everything whatever you could think of that happens you know in the field mm. you know we went through that working without shoes and stepping on bottles and nails and not being taken to doctors and working through crazy hours and burning ourselves on furnace there are things that i went through i can't describe in english English sure. is like my third language, but going through that severely, and eventually when 
we escaped from that. I used those experiences to get myself into middle school because middle school was expensive. It wasn't free of charge when I was growing up in Nigeria. So mm. I had to roam the streets and talk to random strangers and say, you know, I know I look like a kid, but I'm actually very experienced. I can cook, I can farm, I can wash your car, whatever you want. If you could pay for my middle school, I will be your servant. They're called Odubo. The literal meaning of Odubo is slave. Okay. So a lot of people called me Odubo as a kid because I was the servant of some of the wealthy people I met in the streets who wanted someone to take care of their labor. There's so much labor in a less advanced society when you don't have electricity and washers and dryers and you got to carry everybody's clothes to the river and you're the laborer of that house. You got to take it to the river and wash the cottons and wash the clothes all by hand. And you got to go find where to get clean water. And it's so much labor. So people use kids like myself who didn't have an adult to take care of me. And they use you, they abuse you, they dump you. And some of the kids that when the type of situation I was in, you know, some of them would like never be found again. Because you're working for strangers. Some of them would never be found. Some of them would be used. Rumors have it that when we lose sight of kids who get into this indentured services in childhood slavery, we make the assumption that they've been used for sacrifices or whatever. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you see some kids killed under the bridge and tied up in a bag. And so I was lucky in a sense that I was out in the street from a very young age that somehow I was able to navigate some of the environment I was in and still make it out and survive. You mentioned escape at some point. How did you escape this labor? One day I was getting beat up. I was cooking in the kitchen as a kid. I was around 14 years old and I had no shoes. I just had shorts, no shirt on. And the people I was serving, their son, who was much older and tall and strong, he would abuse me every single day for no reason, just because okay. he can't. And I just ran away. I took off and ran away. And luckily enough for me, one of the states where my mom was in, I heard they had started a much cheaper middle school slash high school fees. The state had just enacted a law to make the fees cheaper. So I went over there, and that's when I got in the construction industry. If you go on my Facebook, you'll see some pictures of me working in construction as a kid, carrying heavy cements and heavy bricks and climbing. Like I said, technology out there is different. When mm. you're climbing up two stories, three stories with ladders, and you could fall to your death and nobody cares. There's no insurance. There's no one to sue them. So it's just you want to survive, you want to eat, and you have to work for it. So that's the kind of life I got into to try to survive after I ran away. Mm. When and how did you end up back in the United States? I was almost 18, like 17 and a half-ish. And I contacted the person that had forced us into labor, me and my younger brother, when I was eight years old. I had contacted him. And I would go bother him all the time to give me my father's phone number because my father was here. Oh, okay, okay. Eventually, I got my father's phone number and narrated my story to him, like what my younger brother and I had gone through for all these years that he's yeah. been gone. 
And within a few months, he brought us back. And he told us that this man, that those lands we were working on, my father actually owned those lands. So this man enslaved us on our own land. So it was pretty crazy. And my father was telling my younger brother and I that he used to send money to this guy. The guy would lie to him and just spent it. Took all his lands, sold his hotel, sold a lot of his properties, and kept it to himself. So it's a crazy situation, but I'm actually writing a book, and I figured there's only so much I can talk about, which I've already talked about a lot. But in the near future, you'd hear more of my story in my book. I'm David Fleming in conversation with Rocky Peter. Earlier, we heard about being abandoned in a poor village in Nigeria when he was only two years old, experiencing starvation and child slavery. Now, Rocky, you escaped servitude, made it to the United States, and in Riverside ended up earning your bachelor's degree, then ended up homeless again. Although during this time, you made time to go out to schools and volunteer to teach music to students. Rocky, when did music come to you? Music has always been there. When I was a kid, when I was in the farms with other kids and some of the other farmers, I would sing and they would just be like, where's that voice coming? Like, how did you learn to sing? But I would sing and just entertain people. But I didn't know it was a talent. It was never a dream to be a musician as a kid. Mm -hmm. It was just like, I love singing. And I had all these melodies, and I still do, in my head that I have to shut out to have a regular conversation. I constantly hear melodies in my head, like just unique melodies all the time. I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse. Yeah, so... It should be nice, but... So, yeah. But I kind of have to tune that down to be able to have a regular conversation. And sure. while studying biochemistry... I would just randomly stop and start writing a song or composing. And it was hard for me to really, really just focus on the science. Even though I was going to go to medical school and become a cardiologist, I decided, well, you've never been trained in music ever. Like, how do you let this music out? You know, there are producers who, if you put them around musicians, everything in their head would come out and you'd have something beautiful, right? But they don't play instruments or write music. They just have the music within them. And that's what, for a long time, it was for me. But I wanted to express myself. And through music, I was able to find solace as a kid. I sang all the time. I made up songs all the time about my life. And I was able to find peace and happiness through that journey. And in college, I was going through a lot of stress just studying biology, biochemistry, and just trying to figure life out on my own. And I asked myself, you've been through more as a kid. You've been through crazy worse situations, drinking stagnant water from potholes or not having food for weeks. How were you able to overcome this? And the answer was simple, music. And... I decided to lose myself in the music and get really deep inside what gave me peace and it became an obsession. I went from just trying to get that therapy to being obsessed. And in college, I refound the love because I was trying to heal that stress I was going through. Eventually, I was so dedicated to becoming a master of my craft so that I could communicate what I hear in the way that I'm hearing it, that I decided that I'm just gonna focus on this and do it full time after graduating. So after graduating from UC Riverside, I decided to really focus 
I remember I was playing, if you go on Blaine Street, Blaine and Watkins in Riverside, California, there's a guy there named Mr. Lee. The first time he heard me sing, I was studying biology in the donut shop. <laughs> and he said, why are you in school? This is crazy. I've never heard anything like this. He's like, I need you to come back tomorrow. Mr. Lee's old guy that just works there. He don't own the donut shop, okay. making minimum wage. I went back the next day. He gave me my first guitar ever. Oh. He said, I believe in you. I think you need to share this with the world. Like, this is crazy. He's like, you need to quit school. I was like, no, I'm going to finish. He's like, no, quit, like, and do this stuff. Two weeks later, I show up. I was playing the guitar and singing songs about donuts, and Mr. Lee lost it. <laughs> He's like, you already learned how to play the guitar that fast? He, like, literally lost it. And a lot of people heard me and were like, yeah, you need to get on American Idol or something. And a lot of people donated and contributed to me traveling to San Francisco. My flight was paid for. My place I stayed for months to compete was all paid for. And I went out there and competed until I got on the show. You know, people think you just show up on Idol and there right, you're on right. TV, but, you know, it's a process. And since then, I had continued my journey. Next thing you know, I'm performing for the Nobel Peace Prize, <laughs> you know, forums in the United Nations and getting flown out to Brazil to sing in the Rio Olympics. And the journey continued to unfold. And through some of the big things I did, because a lot of them, I met someone in the street who knew someone. A lot of the things I did... For example, when I played for United Nations, I was actually homeless and they didn't know. Or with the Nobel Peace Prize, I was sleeping in my car <laughs> and they had no clue. But it's just people believed in my music and just wanted to expose it. And I was happy to share, you know, and it didn't matter what resources I was given for sharing. I was very happy to share something that gave me peace that I loved so much. You probably meet a guy named Kevin at my concert. I don't know. I probably talk about him a little bit. Kevin was homeless about a decade ago when I met him singing in the street. He's like, yo, like, I don't have money for you. Why are you trying to sing for me? He says, I'm homeless. You know, I said, no, it's okay. I want to sing for you. I loved it so much. I sang for everybody I ran into. And Kevin heard me sing and he couldn't believe it. He was in shock and he now owns a barber shop. And it's now successful and doing very well and has a beautiful girlfriend. And when he heard I was selling tickets, he bought them immediately. And he shared that story with me. He's like, it's been over a decade. I remember meeting you in a parking structure. You sang for me and you just did it for the love. You didn't care if I gave you anything. And these are the type of fans I've built over the years. Like with the August show being sold out, these are the type of people that have made this happen. People that have seen the grind and the hustle and the fact that I do what I do because I love it. Like, you know, and they see through that and they've seen it for many, many years. Earlier, you just casually mentioned American Idol and then you just dove right into another part of the story. You know, that's not something you just kind of mention and then go away from. So <laughs> first of all, I guess you got on American Idol. I actually watched the episode. How did you get there? You said you had some scholarship assistance. Tell us about the process. Well, I was singing at UC Riverside and playing my guitar, singing All of Me by John Legend. And nice. someone's like, yo, American Idol needs to hear this, bro. Like, we got to send this. There's this video on YouTube. It's very blurry. You could see that, okay, this sounds good, but the quality is like crap. It's okay. absolute garbage. And one of my friends is like, you need to send this video to American Idol, like, right now. 
and I tagged them on it and they contacted me. They're like, we really love your voice. We want you to compete on the show. You know, going out to compete for Californians was, I believe, in San Diego preliminaries and then San Francisco to get to Hollywood. Okay. And I went straight to San Francisco. The friends I met in the streets who I met through singing really sponsored that journey. They're just like, we believe in you. We know this is not guaranteed, but someone's like, I'll pay for your flight. Someone else is like, you know, we'll pay for where you're going to stay. Another person's like, I'll help you with food. And one of my friends also in college, through singing, he's like, you're going to be there for a long time. I'll call my mom in the Bay Area and you could just go to our house and compete from there. So that's wow. kind of how that okay. happened. Okay. Yeah. And you sang one of your own songs for that. You sang Wrong Places. You sang an original tune. First of all, wonderful song, and people can find this one if you go YouTubing. You can find Wrong Places, both the version that you auditioned with, and also there's other recordings of it. But why did you end up going with an, an original song instead of maybe some pop song that a lot of people would do? The reason why I do music is to share who's Rocky, who's Rocky Peter. And what inspires Rocky and what stories does Rocky have to share with us? And I felt like any opportunity to do that, it's a great opportunity to share my lyrics and my music. So against the advice of some of the producers, I actually chose to share my original. They say, well, it's risky. People might not like it. And I was like, well, if people don't like it, that's fine. As long as I'm being myself. That's what matters. Yes, some of the producers told me, like, that's risky because people like familiarity. And I was just like, well, it may take longer for them to catch on to someone new, Rocky Peter. Mm. But I want to introduce Rocky Peter, and that's why I chose an original song. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, again, it worked. It got you through all right. (laughs) And then hugs and moments with the friends and Harry Connick Jr. is on the other side of the board saying, that's one cool cat. (laughs) That cat's got something there or something. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. (laughs) That was Rocky Peter with a performance in Riverside quite soon. There's an August 20th concert at Life Arts Center on University Avenue. This one is currently sold out, but there should be standby opportunities He also has concerts coming up in October, November, and December, also at the Life Arts Center. Stay on top of dates through eventbrite.com, that's B-R-I-T-E, also at rockypeter.com. We'll have more with Rocky on the next KVC Arts, and with his concerts selling out so quickly, we'll be focusing mainly on his music for this next show. In the meantime, we'll close the program with the song he performed for his American Idol audition, again, an original, called Wrong Places. She's a bad, bad mama jamma And she falls for bad boys Broken mirrors in her drama She keeps wondering if it's karma As she tries to fix the pieces Her capricious mind increases She's searching for love She's searching for love She's searching for love Oh, she's searching for love Because she keeps 
searching for love in the wrong places she keeps searching for love in the wrong places in her nightmares she's forsaken total blue moon has awoken her she is caught up in her old ways Fixing wreck trains in her old track She keeps walking down the same tracks Running out of new beginnings She's searching for love She's searching for love She's searching for love Oh, places from Rocky Peter to round out this edition of KVC Arts. Again, he'll be back on the next program and we'll hear much more of and about his music and more at rockypeter.com. Thanks again to Rocky Peter and here at KVCR, thanks to Lillian Vasquez, Rick Duloc, and an extra big thanks to Sharina Wad for connecting all of us to Rocky. Music beds and themes heard on KVCR is composed and performed by Sean Longstreet, so thanks to Sean as well. Many past shows can be found through iTunes, Spotify, and NPR One. And most past shows are at kvcrnews.org slash arts. I'm David Fleming. Thanks especially to you for listening and for your support.